Hi, everybody. Dick Vitale. Hey, make sure you listen, man, to Lockdown Blue Devils with J.J. Jackson. He's awesome, baby. You are Locked On Blue Devils, your daily podcast on the Duke Blue Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every Hello, day. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Blue Devils podcast. My name is J.J. Jackson. So great to have you here with us on today's show as we're going to be discussing the end of the season for the Duke men's basketball team here today on Tuesday, March 21st, 2023. If you haven't done so already, please be sure to follow and subscribe to Lockdown Blue Devils for free wherever you get your podcast. Also watch us on YouTube each and every day. Hit that subscribe button as well. Joining me on today's show, so excited to bring on my good pal Dustin Chu from the Devil's Den podcast as we will recap the end of the year for Duke season. Dustin, this is always the worst time of the year knowing that people are having more NCAA tournament conversations and we can't be thinking about a Duke game that's coming up. Yeah. Um, it, you know, only five times in my life has this ever ended on a happy note, <laughs> you know, so it's always tough, you know, the end of the year, you're not going to be playing again till you know, November. Um, and as a, you know, just a staunch basketball fan, it's, you know, it's just a tough thing to, to have to deal with, but, you know, as I've grown older, it's, it's become less and less like you don't worry about the success of your season. You don't pin it to a, a crap shoot like the NCAA tournament overall I thought Duke had a great year. First year coach won 20 was 27 games. Um, but it's always, a, it's always a little disappointing when you, especially the way the bracket broke, you know, after Purdue went down oh, ooh, yeah. licking our chops. I mean, it, it, it kind of felt like the 2017 tournament all over again. Um, where all we needed to do was get past the second round uh, opponent and probably had a great shot to get to uh, to back-to-back Final Fours. But, you know, it wasn't in the cards, and we're going to move on. Massive, massive surprise in the round of 32 game for the Duke Blue Devils uh, as Mark Mitchell did not play. We found out after the game from Shire that it was five minutes before the game that they found out that Mark would not be involved in this game plan after tweaking his knee on Friday in practice what was your reaction ultimately what kind of an impact did that have on the game yeah I mean uh it kind of reminded me of the 2019 um sweet 16 game against Virginia Tech where all of a sudden Cam Reddish wasn't going to shoot up (laughs) and it was the same thing five minutes before the game he tells coach K not going to be able to go today um and so it's you know it's a tough thing to have Mark started every game for us this year um obviously you know his impact on the defensive end was missed uh, greatly. You know, I'm not going to butcher the guy's name for Tennessee, uh, but Olivier will go by the first name. <laughs> yeah. The guy that, you know, the guy that Mark would have been guarding scored 27 points and he averages 10. Um, he's hit three threes in exactly one game all year. And that was Saturday. Right. <laughs> uh, and you have to imagine with, with an athlete like Mark on him, you know, I'm not going to say he holds him scoreless, but I think he keeps him from 27. We haven't had that done to us all year. So um, I don't think it can be understated what Mark would have brought to this team. And and I know from just my kind of inside sources, John and the team, they were they were pretty crushed about it. I think that they felt that they would have won that game with Mark. Fair to say. I mean, ultimately, Duke still had chances to win without sure. him. Uh, but ultimately, uh, the unsung hero the entire season continues to be the case. Let's continue to rattle off Olivier stats. Uh, to make us feel worse about the outcome. As you mentioned, 27 points, a career high. His last three games, his point totals don't even total up 
to 27. 10 right. points per game is his average. 31% three-point shooter. He had never made three three-point shots in a single game in his career. You have to total up the last six games before you see a stretch of three made shots, and he did it all in one game against Duke. I mean, look, those are the performances any team looks like if you're trying to go on a big run, and you're exactly right. Tip your cap to him. That's all you can do at the end of the day. Um, yeah, I mean, look, we've had this kind of stuff happen to us before where one guy just gets hot, but – you know, the guy in, in 22 minutes of play, I mean, he puts up those kind of points, and I think he was, what, 10 of 13 overall from the field. Um, Duke, obviously, we had our chances. We, You know, the game was very physical, as I'm sure we'll get into, um, but we had a 19 to 13 lead or something like that with about eight minutes to go. And then, as we've talked about on this podcast before, the uh, the score and drought kind of crept up on us again, and and, um, you know, over those last eight minutes, we were only able to score two more points and finish the half with 21. So um, just overall, you know, uh, not our best performance. Would we finish with 15 turnovers? Yeah. Uh, we had been cutting that back a lot. But you got to give credit to to Tennessee. They Their game plan was to come out and be physical. I think Rick Barnes said we want them to fill us on every possession. Um, unfortunately, the refs allowed it to be that physical, which, again, we'll probably get into um, – but at the end of the day, you just got to you got to fight through it, and we weren't able to do it. So tip your caps to Tennessee, and they're moving on, and and we're going to be trying to figure out uh, how to put the pieces together for next year. Yeah, that's right, Dustin. We always talk. I, I would consider you one of the many human versions of a Duke basketball encyclopedia, right? And so, unfortunately, you didn't have a fun tidbit to add to your memory with Duke having their lowest point total in a first half NCAA tournament game ever. I mean. 21 points yeah and I mean, in a first half never done before never done before and you know look john's a great coach um obviously this year we struggled offensively at times under coach k uh, the defense was always a little well i won't say always but in the last decade or so the defense was always a little sketchy but the offense i mean it didn't matter who we had we always had a, a top five top ten offense and so that was never a problem um, you know, like I brought up the 2017 game, we, we played South Carolina um, in, in Columbia, South Carolina. I don't even want to get into how we're the two seed playing a seven seed an hour right. from their house. Um, but those guys scored 65 points on us in the second half. And uh, that was the year that our, our one seed had lost. We were the two and we pretty much had a, a, a cakewalk to the final four that year if we just got through that game. And Unfortunately, it just didn't happen. We haven't been able to take advantage of those those breaks. It was the day for Tennessee. They went 65-52 over our Duke Blue Devils. The season comes to a close for John Shire and you're one of uh, his tenure as Duke men's basketball head coach. We'll take our first time out of the show, and our program will continue here in a moment. Locked on Blue Devils is brought to you by our friends over at FanDuel. The number one sports book in America is heating up, and you should be too, as the NCAA tournament continues to move forward. It's called March Madness after all, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel because new customers get a no-sweat first bet for up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss your chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 and bonus bets back 
when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Moving forward here on today's episode of Locked On Blue Devils, J.J. Jackson alongside my pal Dustin Shu, one of the co-hosts for the Devils Did podcast. Dustin, we're talking more about this game for Duke, taking on Tennessee, a round of 32 exit for the Blue Devils. Some of the uh, frustrating and disheartening numbers for Duke offensively would be, one, the turnovers, 15 turnovers compared to just eight that Tennessee had in the game, or nine, excuse me, uh, and then only six offensive rebounds for Duke. Yeah, I mean, obviously all year long we've been really stellar on the boards. We've out-rebounded opponents uh, in pretty much every game. Um, and so coming into this tournament, with the way we had been playing defense, um, the way that we rebound, the way we had recently been taking care of the ball, I thought that made us less uh, – upset proof than we would be you know in normal years um obviously that 5-12 matchup with oral roberts there was a lot of people you know really taking oral roberts um so over many us. people yeah <laughs> and, and, and like i said because of those things i i felt pretty well going into that game and, and that game was over in the first eight minutes um but against tennessee you know credit to those guys i think in the the game their first game against louisiana they had like 18 turnovers um so without their point guard, I thought that we would be able to pressure them and, and kind of cause some havoc on that end. And we just weren't able to do it. And maybe it was, a, you know, a byproduct of, of Mark not being there and having less bodies to, to kind of run in and out. So we weren't able to really play that pressure that we wanted to. Um, but the other thing, I mean, like I said, it was, you know, even the ESPN guys or the, the CBS anal analysts kind of hinted at, at halftime. It, it looked more like a football game. Right. Um, you know, I think uh, Seth Greenberg had even said that he texted some NBA scouts during the game, and they were like, this looks like 80s NBA basketball. Yeah. Like, I'm just waiting on somebody to punch somebody in the face and then call it a regular foul, you know. Um, and, and the other thing is that that's the way it was allowed to be officiated. I mean, um, they started calling fouls early on, but I think Tennessee was only whistled for four fouls in the last 26 minutes of action. When you're playing that physical, to only be whistled for four fouls, that's – I'm not blaming it on the refs again, but, um, you know, their group of older guys were a lot of 18-year-olds, and they kind of just out out physicaled us and outmanned us, and, and it is what it is. Yeah. No, I mean, let's talk about that. Let's talk about the officiating in this. Let's talk about the physicality because I think it so much so uh, sums up the game that took place. If you're watching us here on YouTube, you can see the team stat comparisons right here in front of you on the screen. 17 fouls called against Duke, just 11 against Tennessee I don't want to be that guy but let's talk about the physicality that's in place because Dustin in the first five six minutes of the game we're already seeing two reviews on whether or not a flagrant foul was in place I mean Filipowski gets swiped out from underneath the mm -hmm. basket and then ultimately ends up a little bit later catching an elbow to the face uh, and it requires um, you know, some medical treatment. Cut man. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, poor flip. I mean, geez, we, it's like we need a boxing cut man right. in our corner yeah. for flip alone. I mean, he has taken a beating this year, but testament to him. I mean, the kid's been a warrior. Uh, you know, he came right back in and, and played, you know, he didn't have his best game, but again, I think that was a byproduct of them being so physical. And when you're allowed to cut and hold and, you know, in the NBA, there's freedom of movement. You're not allowed to bump cutters and stuff like that, but, 
when you're grabbing and pulling, especially we couldn't even get dribble handoffs going. I mean, they right. really disrupted our offense in that way. And, and it shows in the way we shot, the way we turned it over. Um, it was just a, they, they muddied it up, mucked it up. And, and like I said, credit them, they were allowed to do it. I wish it wouldn't have been that way. Um, but you know, again, once that kind of happens, you've got to kind of, Hey, if the refs aren't going to call it, then we need to be that, that aggressive too. In the same token, you know, it's got to be frustrating for a guy like Flip who's getting grabbed, he's getting punched, he's getting elbowed. So then he makes a strong move to the basket. A guy is riding his hip and then slides in front of him and he gets an offensive Ridiculous. foul. Ridiculous. You know, and, and so you're like, well, what do you want me to do? Shoot half-court hook shots. You know, if that, <laughs> what am I supposed to do? Right. Um, One so, of those plays you could see on Kyle Filipowski and you could read his lips saying he was he was still moving like he was already falling down talking to the official and still yeah and then that was a big play because I believe they came on the other end got a three and then and then we get a moving screen on our end and you see John say literally telling the refs that's every play right like if you're gonna (laughs) call it call it every play but don't just call it on us right you know absolutely um, yeah. I'll check my language on this podcast, but, you know, um, it just, like I said, man, I thought it was not the greatest officiated game. And honestly, that's kind of the reason the college basketballs is a little bit unwatchable at some points. I mean, these refs this year across the board have just been terrible. Sixty-five, fifty-two. The final score: Tennessee defeats the Duke Blue Devils. Uh, Duke's year is done after the first season that uh, John Shire was the head coach. Uh, talking about this Duke team in particular uh, and what they were able to accomplish on Saturday, a bright spot would absolutely be the play of Tyrese Proctor. Oh, he was incredible. I mean, I don't know where we would have been. We might not have hit fifty without him. I mean, obviously in the second half. He was just kind of getting to wherever he wanted to go, had that, you know, little scoop layups, pull-ups. I mean, he um, his three-point shot really came on at the end of the year. Um, Tyrese, hopefully, uh, you know, I know they're going to be going through some things in the next couple weeks. There's going to be uh, meetings with the coaches and, you know, evaluations, but I'd love to have a sophomore Proctor, and I, I think we will see a sophomore Proctor, which really bodes well for our chances next year. Yeah, not I'm so excited. Like I'm, I'm not. I know that's time. Like this is what we discuss over the last few weeks, right? We're not ready for the season to come to a close because that means you've got to start having the conversations about whether or not your freshmen are going to come back for another season. And Duke's got a big group of freshmen mm-hmm. that are going to have to make that decision. But yet here we are. Those are the cards that we were dealt. And Tyrese Proctor just made like pro plays. Like that's yep. what you could say. Some of his dribble moves, he had a crossover behind the back, like one foot jumper free throw mm-hmm. line extended that he made in the second half. I mean, it was just silly, the shots that he was making. I mean, Tyrese Proctor is a pro. He will be <laughs> an NBA player. Um, you know, it, just for me, I think he needs another year. He needs to get a little stronger. He needs to work on his, his bursts, uh, a little bit more explosiveness. Obviously, you want to see that uh, three-point shooting keep trending up. Um, you know, as it stands, the scouts looking at his three-point shooting collectively, you know, 30%, 32% um, doesn't really stick out. So uh, if he can come back and, you know, continue that trend, especially later on the year and not dig himself into an 11% hole that he started out in, um, I think he'll be able to make himself quite a bit of, of money um, by doing so. 
without a doubt, super excited to see what that could look like for Proctor and those conversations uh, to continue. Talking about the Duke offense, Proctor was the bright spot, but uh, the physicality, I think, really altered what Duke was trying to do against Tennessee. I often think about looking back on that game. Like, the post was not there. There weren't very many post touches taking place for Duke basketball uh, in that game against Tennessee. Yeah, I mean, if you look at your your stats here, I mean, Derek Lively didn't even t- attempt to shot. I don't even know if he looked at the rim on offense. Um, you know, we, we weren't able to get him any of those lobs. Um, but, again, that's a testament to the way Tennessee was playing. They were, you know, their bigs were physical. Um, and so the best shot for us probably wasn't something in the paint. I think Jeremy, you know, to his credit, tried to get in the paint a couple times and was it was denied. Um, and so, it, you know, again – you just got to tip your cap to Tennessee. That was their game plan. They stuck by it. They were allowed to do it, and and they're moving on. And uh, you know, we'll we'll regroup and hopefully come up with a better plan for next year. Yeah, just four minutes for Ryan Young in this one, and he was known for some post touches throughout the season. Flip didn't get any touches down there. Lively's offensive game doesn't necessarily warrant those. Not right. a single shot attempt in 30-plus minutes of action for Lively. I mean, it was just – and then the Mark Mitchell factor, right? Yeah. We, we talk about um, his offensive game isn't going to wow you, but I think at this point, given the fact he didn't play for the first time all season, if he decides to come back for a sophomore season, we're, Duke fans are going to be so thrilled to think about what a sophomore Mark Mitchell could look like. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm not going to jump the gun, but I think we can, you know, expect – uh, Proctor and Mark Mitchell back. Um, they're not really on any mocks right now. Not, that's not to say that they won't leave. I mean, we've had right. plenty of guys not on mocks that decided that school wasn't ahead. for them, yeah. and let's go ahead and get on to the next stage. Um, but I believe that we'll see those two guys back at least, and you know, hopefully with a with a flip returning. Um, you know, flip can he has a decision to make. He's he can be an NBA player. I think he needs to work on his efficiency. We've talked about you know obviously the raw stats. He rebounds well. He scores. He needs to be a little bit more efficient. Needs to up that three point percentage. Cut down some of the turnovers. Um, I think if flip returns, man, you could be looking at an all all ACC type you know player, ACC player of the year type guy, maybe even a first or second team all American, which would move him up into that lotto range and. Really get the guy paid. That's where he wants to be, for sure. Yep. That's exactly where he wants to be. So, uh, yeah, taking a look at what the Stoop team could look like next year, a lot of decisions set to be made. Uh, thinking back on this year and thinking back about how seasons come to a close, I think it will be special, the run this team made to win the ACC tournament championship. Like yep. There certainly were some big moments. And, look, it was just the first year of something new, 42 seasons that Mike Krzyzewski was the head coach and we experienced something different this year. Yeah. I don't think it can be understated, you know, the job that John done. I mean, he was literally handed a blank slate of roster. I mean, you inherit one guy back from last year. I mean, Jalen Blake's came back, but I think Jalen played less than a hundred minutes last season total. Right. So you're inheriting one guy and obviously had the full year um, to, to build this roster. Um, But to bring in 11 new guys, seven of them freshmen, um, and to hang a banner, I mean, I'm, I'm as ecstatic, you know, I'm as happy as can be, uh, for, for John, for being able to do that. Tell me a little bit about the devil's den podcast, Dustin. What do you guys have going on? 
Yeah, so we just recorded, I guess, our season wrap-up would have been Sunday night. We'll probably be putting that out Tuesday morning, Wednesday. That's all dependent on producer Raul and (laughs) when he gets around to getting all that stuff ready to go. But, um, you know, we'll probably kind of tone it down here and take a little break over the next couple weeks. There just won't be a lot going on. Obviously, um, the NBA Combine is going to be coming up, and we'll have guys that are probably look to test the waters. So um, we'll probably – uh, chillax a little bit on putting out pods for for a little while, but uh, we'll be back and you know just talking Duke hoops. So you can find us wherever you find your podcast. Devil's I love Den. that. I love it. Dustin Shoe on Twitter as well at Dustin yep. underscore Shoe. Follow us on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button. Uh, I'm rocking a a thank you Coach K yep. hoodie here today, uh, recognizing the five championships. For people that are listening to us, tell me about this hoodie you've got on here, Dustin. Oh, you, you like – so this was my uh, – when Kyrie had the uh, the SpongeBob uh, line that came out, you know, I sat in line like a 10-year-old for like two hours at the Foot Locker to grab a couple pair That's of Kyrie incredible. SpongeBobs and I had to get the uh, the SpongeBob uh, That's hoodie, awesome. hoodie to go that. with it. I love that. Make sure you check all that out. And, uh, yeah, we love supporting the Dukies, and, and Duke merchandise is something – uh, that you and I are both guilty of purchasing way too much of, probably. <laughs> yeah, the don't want to get. I hope the wife doesn't hear this. <laughs> yeah, we got more purchases to be made in the future for sure. So, yep. uh, the off season is here. The transfer portal is already buzzing. I mean, it's mm-hmm. time for us to jump into that season, right? Yeah, I mean, right now it's you know just uh, looking to see what we're gonna could be working with for next year. Like I said, if if we can build that foundation, we, we know we got five freshmen coming in, really talented guys. Um, Ryan Young announced that he will be back. Um, so if we can just keep a couple of those core guys, man, I would feel really great about where we're going to be at heading into next season. Duke basketball is going to be a lot of fun, and we're going to have a lot more conversations coming your way in the coming weeks. Dustin, as always, it's such a joy to see you. Thanks for being on the show. Anytime, JJ. That's my pal Dustin Chu joining us here on Lockdown Blue Devils today. Again, go support the Devil's Den podcast. That's going to do it for today's show. I'll be back at it tomorrow. Thank you and good day.